On this episode, we go over three ways to organize your money for the new year. You'll learn how to separate your personal expenses from the business, how to divide up your business revenue and expenses, like how do you allocate it? And lastly, when to look for an interview hiring an account. As always, if this episode helped you or brings you value, please do me a favor and share it with a friend. Thank you and enjoy the show. Welcome to Build Your Wealth Muscle, a podcast dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs build wealth by saving taxes and growing their money. Each episode will break down different strategies in the areas of business, tax, and retirement planning specifically for your coaching business. Disclaimer, the topics covered in this podcast are for educational purposes only. This is not advice for your specific situation. Please consult a qualified financial or tax professional before making any changes to your financial or tax situation. Now, here's your host, certified financial planner and tax advisor, Pat Darby. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Build Your Wealth Muscle. If you're new here, there are two show formats. Well, just step, take a step back and welcome you. If you're new, if this is your first episode, thank you for, for joining us. And so that there's two episode or two episode formats, the solo episodes, which is today, where we could do a deep dive in different areas of finance, tax, wealth management, organizing your finances, which is today's topic. And then we have other episodes where we bring on a guest and they are experts either in your, they're basically colleagues of yours that are going to talk about what they've done in their business to overcome challenges and their successes along the way as well as people that support your industry, other financial professionals or legal, accounting, sales, marketing. But today we're gonna to dive into very, very deep into what you should be doing, three things that you should be doing right now or the beginning of the year to get 2023 to be a much easier time frame for you. Now, what I mean by that is I get a lot of questions about how to get the basics going. And this isn't related to um, a revenue level. Like I've had clients come to me that are fairly low on the revenue side as they're getting things ramped up and had some that are already what many would call quote unquote successful. And sometimes they also are struggling to get organized. And with that lack of organization, there's a lot of stress. So if you're listening to this, that level of stress it will resonate with you about where's my money going uh, as income comes in, where does it get allocated? What are all my expenses? What do I owe for taxes? How much can I pay myself? And the tools that we'll talk about today are very simple. And for the most part, they're going to be free. Like you'll, we'll talk about towards the end. Obviously at some point it's not worth your time. You want to delegate these things out, but we'll talk about, how you can do these for free or pennies on the dollar starting next year. So the main theme is we want to get you your money organized and get everything situated. So let's dispel a myth that I've talked about multiple times on this podcast. And I talk about it on my social media, but I don't have as big of a voice as the people that I think are giving this false information. And that's that you need an LLC to save taxes. You do not. LLCs are asset protection. So if you're sitting down listening to this and saying, well, 
I want to be organized, but I don't have an LLC. Stay with me because you don't need it to do what we're going to talk about. In fact, I'll give you the examples of if you do not have an LLC. Now, I'll talk later about more LLC related things, but I recommend you having one, but it doesn't, not in the beginning. And I'll talk about why, or, or not necessarily in the beginning. It's not a requirement is what I'm trying to say. But right now I'm talking to the audience that has their entire business for the most part inside of a personal account that they're spending their business expenses on. They're receiving their business income out of. They're also spending their personal expenses out of it. They're also paying and giving gifts and paying personal expenses out of it. You're more or less living out of one bank account. Your business life and your personal life is living in that one bank account. That's an extremely stressful way to live because it's really hard to figure out where all the money's going because it's, it's realistically going in all different directions. So the first thing that we want to do is separate that. Now that can be extremely simple. doesn't matter where you're banking. Go, you can go to that bank. This is, again, I'm talking to people that don't necessarily have an LLC. You go to that bank and you open up another personal checking account. Again, you don't need an LLC for this. That's why I'm, you could, if you already have an LLC and you're not using it, well then open up a business bank account because they're going to need all your LLC information, which is going to be your EIN, which you can give them the IRS form as the SS4. <clears throat> Excuse me, I don't know if that came through. SS4. Um, that will have your tax ID number for the LLC. We'll also need your state incorporation documents, the articles of incorporation. You give those to the, the bank and they, that will help them open up the business checking account for you. If you don't have an LLC, you're opening up an LLC in your personal name under your social. And that's fine. You don't have to tell them it's for business. In fact, I would tell them as little as possible because you don't want to face resistance. You walk in, you open up a personal checking account. Now, you know the purpose of that is business, but until you have an LLC, it doesn't matter. Just open it under your personal social and you're going to designate that one. 100% business. Again, it's not going to be said anywhere in the account itself. It's going to look like your other personal account, except you know, and you can label it however you like if you give it a nickname on the online account. Um, but that one is going to be specifically for your business. So I'd recommend getting a debit card with this account. Now, this debit card is going to be used exclusively for the business. So that way, in the future, when you're making a decision to either book a plane ticket or you're giving something to somebody else or you're buying groceries for yourself, you know which debit card to use, your personal one or the one that you've designated for the business. So now you're making all of those decisions at the point of sale. You're not going back and looking at a statement over the last 30 days where you might have hundred transactions in there and maybe 70% of them are personal, but inside of your business, either yourself or you have to try to pay someone to go through and, and organize that for you. And I can, I can promise you it's cheaper for you to build this system where you can go to someone and say this account, whether it's an accountant or a tax advisor or a financial planner, whoever it is, you can go to them and say, this account is purely business. And then you can talk about the organizational process going forward to get even more advanced. But on a simple level, you will no longer have like your personal groceries, 
your personal restaurant tab or your you know, giving a gift to someone or worse, not, well, not necessarily worse, but in this day and age, if you're receiving Venmos as gifts from friends or family, you want to make sure that's not commingled because even though they say they're only sending 1099s out for the business version of Venmo and cash app and things like that. But you want to make sure you're doing your part to prove to the IRS, like, Hey, this, these are friends that are just paying me for my birthday or something like that. So that's step one. Now you have two checking accounts, one for personal, two now you've done for business. So you're going to want to remove everything from the original account that's actually for your business. Like if you have, if you've been swiping that for, I'm blanking on a good example, but uh, like if you, for, for flights, let's just make it simple. If you've been flying for, to meet with vendors or clients photo shoots, content creation, whatever it is. If you know that's a business expense, stop swiping that personal card and now only swipe the business one. I also recommend if you can get a credit card in the name that would be exclusively used for the business as well, just because you might at some point need it. Now I want to make sure I'm clear. I'm not advocating credit card debt. But having a credit card can be really valuable for a business owner, especially if you're doing a launch, you need to, to front some money. It gives you a 30 day window before that payment is due, which is nice. Um, and then once you ultimately form an LLC, then you'll start, you'll want also a credit card in the business name to start building some credit. So now you have your separate bank account, your separate debit card and or credit card. The next thing you want to do, number three, is sorry, number two was get the credit card. So open the separate bank account was one. Number two was separate credit card for the business. And the third one is add up the expenses now in your entire life. And this is going to be probably annoying, but valuable. So you're going to want to go through and create a budget in your personal life. Like what are your fixed expenses? Now, what are the things that you're that are your monthly financial obligations? That could be your mortgage, your car payment, your cell phones, whatever it is, like your gym memberships, all the things that are your monthly obligations. Now, some of those, there's some gray area because I've named some things that I would like your business to pay for, like a cell phone and things like that. But don't comp don't complicate it in the beginning. Add up all those expenses that you're pretty sure are in your personal life. Now you're gonna go and do the same thing inside of your business add up every expense that's inside of your business because you want to have a list of a total amount so in your business what could that be like maybe you have an office maybe you have a va like all of those monthly obligations you want to put them down somewhere in a spreadsheet so that you can quickly look through and say okay on a given month no matter what happens in my business whether i have zero revenue or a million dollars I have ten. I have twenty thousand dollars worth of ex- obligations inside of my business every month because of my team, because of my marketing efforts, whatever it is. You want to write that down again. You want to. I would recommend a spreadsheet because that'll make a lot of this calculation a lot easier. You start adding things and putting putting the dollar amount. You're going to do the same thing in your personal life. All those expenses. So let's say that's ten thousand dollars. That is going to become valuable as we move on to the next phase of really adding this up because you know, no matter what the business does, your personal life is 
quote unquote, requires you to send it a check for $10,000 because you have $10,000 worth of personal expenses. And remember we said the business has about $20,000 of expenses. So now right out of the gate, we know that the business needs to do about $30,000 a month in revenue. So that's just the ballpark. I'm not trying to give you the numbers for any specific reason other than to get you to sort of mentally paint this picture since we're obviously on a, an audio podcast and I don't have, a, even if I release the video on YouTube, eventually, um, I don't, I don't have a whiteboard behind me. I'm not writing this stuff down. So I'm trying to use the round numbers that you can sort of keep track of in your head. So now you have a list of all your personal expenses and your business expenses. Now inside of the business, I want you to, I would recommend you take it a step further. Now you can, do like that profit first system. And I highly recommend that I teach clients a version of that. And I think it's really helpful mentally, but I'm, so I'm going to walk you through it. It would require more bank accounts to be opened. So don't get caught up on that because I want you to, at least if you don't want to open up all the bank accounts, because that feels overwhelming, I want you to at least get on board with the first thing I said, it was you're separating the personal life and the business life. Now, if you want to optimize this a little further, again, this is called the profit first system that was made famous by Mike Michalowicz. The book is the profit first. If you want to read it yourself and get more information, I teach a, a version of this to my clients and I try to take it a little, a little more customized specifically for the type of businesses you guys are running. So the way it works is you're separating not just the revenue, but the types of expenses as well. So you, so we said before, add up all the expenses, but we want to categorize those expenses. So that's why I mentioned the first expense is really your living expenses and profit first. That's basically called your salary because you're sending money back to the, your personal life. That is more or less an obligation because that is your personal expenses. The next expense that is in the profit first system is taxes. So I'll run this at the end. I'll give you the, all the, the numbers, but I just want to run through the qualitative side of it. The after taxes is your operating expenses. So these are your team, your sales, your marketing, anything like your, any of your software programs. That's what you're running your business with their operating expenses. So the system works in, in basically five buckets. You have one bucket that's just pooling all your money, which keeps it really simple because again, we, we're, we're talking about all the expenses that are going to be pulling out of your business at different times. And then also the expenses of you pushing money out of the business for your personal life, for your taxes. So pooling the money one spot keeps things clean. Then when all the money is pooled, let's say if you're getting paid through Stripe and Cash App and PayPal and Venmo, and maybe people are actually giving you cash and you're depositing that into the account. It's sitting in one place. Then you can sit down once or twice a month and run this simple system. Again, I'm not saying you have to do this. You can stick to just having it business and personal, just one account in each. And that, for a lot of people, that's going to be a big upgrade. And that's going to make you, your life a lot easier. So let's say that the business is doing $100,000, like these round, big round numbers. And obviously making sure people are seeing that this works at the low level and the high level. So 
the first thing it actually in the profit first system is really it does talk about profit it, it wants you to get in the habit of removing profit from the business and investing it side note for that i i'm agnostic to what people invest in i want you to invest so I do subscribe to the Warren Buffetts and the Alex Hermoses and the Andy Frisellas that, that say you have to invest in your own education. That's the highest rate of return. So I don't have an issue. I'm not like these Wall Street guys that want you to put every dollar into an account that they're managing because that increases their revenue. I want you to invest in what you think is going to get you the, the most rate of return. And for a lot of business owners, especially in the beginning, investing back into yourself and into your business, into your education, into sales and marketing strategy, et cetera, that's going to be your biggest rate of return. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't, I'm not, this isn't about an investment strategy for you. This is about a system of allocating money to whatever that investment strategy is. And again, reinvesting in your business and yourself as the business owner is historically a huge rate of return for the entrepreneurs. So the second category, like I said, the first one, if, if we take $100,000, let's say we say 15% goes to profit. That means $15,000 every month you're allocating towards an investment. Again, that could be the stock market, real estate, or your personal development and your business development and your education, things like that. I consider all of that part of the investments. The next 15%, hypothetically, would be your living expenses. So let's say we said before, you have about $10,000 or so. We round it to 15 in this scenario. Ten dollars to $15,000 worth of personal living expenses. So we're moving that over to the business. I'm sorry, that 15% we're moving over to the personal side. The next one is 30, or 30% we're saying goes to taxes. So if you're making $100K a month, we're saying $30,000 each month will be put aside for your tax liability. So again, that's your monthly obligation. Send that out, separate it from all of your other expenses because you have to pay the IRS quarterly. And so that's where that money would come from. So 30,000 each month to your, to your tax fund, which I would recommend that being a separate account as well. But I don't want you to get hung up on all the different accounts. Essentially, you get away with one business one, one personal one, and then probably one tax one, if you wanted to be really basic about it. And the last part of the profit first system is your operating expenses. These are the business obligations. Again, that could be your rent, your team, sales, marketing, your ad spend, your software, all those. And in this hypothetical, we're saying that's 40% or $40,000 a month. So that's just the, the, quick breakdown. Now you don't have to optimize to have those different accounts, but I want you to understand that everything we've talked about so far, you don't, you're not even diving into the world of like bookkeeping and having all these professionals. Like right now you're still running this system each month for free or very low cost. Assuming you use a bank that doesn't charge you monthly fees or something like that. And that's really what I want to drive home because you don't, you know, I used a big number of 100,000 a month. So people are just starting out, that might seem high, but I want you to understand you don't need to have bookkeepers and CFOs and all this stuff in the beginning. Now, if you're making $100,000 a month, I would highly recommend it because it's clearly not worth your hourly rate to spend your time putting some of these expenses into 
a software like Excel or QuickBooks, whatever, whatever you're using for bookkeeping. We're going to talk about that in a second, but you can do this for really low cost in the beginning. And as you scale, those professionals are going to pay for themselves in the amount of time that you get back. Not to mention if you ever wanted to hire somebody to help you pay less taxes, they need to have an accurate set of books to be able to give you advice because without it's garbage in garbage out. You know, if someone sits down with me and says, help me figure out how to do tax planning, I want to pay less taxes. And I say, how much profit do you have? And they, I don't, they say, I don't know. Well, I can't help you without knowing that information. That would be like someone saying to you, I need to get in better shape. And they didn't have progress pictures. You didn't know what they looked like. You didn't know what, know what they weighed and you didn't know what they ate. And they said, help me improve. I mean, you could give them generic advice, but you couldn't give, there wouldn't be a lot of value you could provide because you have no basis for like what their starting point is. And that's unfortunately a, a pretty accurate example because people come to us with a decent idea of what their revenue is, but we don't know anything else. They're flying blind in a lot of other ways. And yet they want very specific strategies on how to save taxes. And that's really, it's really, I mean, I, I was going to say difficult, but it's almost impossible. Like what, what could I tell someone to do from a tax perspective? I have literally no clue what their taxable profit is. And if you don't know, and you don't have a system in place for us to find out, this is what I'm trying to say for 2023 is an important step because it can feel expensive. If you ever sat down with a bookkeeper and said, Hey, my 2022 is all jumbled up. Help me out. You likely if they were a good bookkeeper, you got hit with a quote for a really high number for them to go back 12 months and, and organize all this. Cause that's what they'll be doing. Going back each month, looking at every transaction, pulling out the personal and the business and categorizing it. Like it's hours and hours of their time. So you probably got hit with a really high quote, which was likely not too appealing to you, depending on where you are in your financial journey. But, if you had the exact same thing and said, all right, I'm going to do my best to organize everything myself for 2022, but 2023, I want to hit the ground running. This is what I'm talking about here. Now you've organized things. Again, you don't have to hire a bookkeeper it, at certain revenue levels. Like if you're making six figures or above, they typically start to pay for themselves, but you want to be able to now, like you said, like, like we talked about, separate things out. Now you have all your business in one location. And if you took it a step further and separated it out so that you have labeled all of those expenses on the personal side and the business side, so you know where your obligations are on a monthly basis, that's going to be extremely helpful as you can do quickly back of the envelope math. Like in this example, we said $40,000 a year are allocated to your operating expenses. If you're trending for the month, like and the month is almost over, and you only have made $60,000, you can quickly do the math and be like, crap, that's not good because I have about $15,000 worth of personal expenses, $40,000 of business expenses. So those two right there are 55,000. And I'm only, I only made about 60 this month so far. Like you might be squeaking by, but you're acutely aware of the fact that that was not the month that you needed it to be. Now, you may not have known that without doing this sort of mental accounting to, to make up for it. Now, as a side note, 
one of the reasons I like the profit first system is because when you work in these percentages, but you also know the dollar amounts that you need on the expense side, it gives you a tool where if last month you did really well, let's say you made a 120,000, it put more than that 40K into your business bucket. It put more than 15K into your living bucket. So now, and it put more than the 30K in your tax bucket. Now you're having a, a tougher month. So you might be okay because you might've had a couple of good months that you've overfunded some of those accounts. And now you're having a rougher month and that's okay because it might balance out based on the percentages. So that's one of the reasons I like the percentages because things grow with you and you can adjust it at some point if you're like, well, my expenses aren't really moving. Um, maybe I'll move that number from 40% to 35% because my revenue has gone up so much, but my expenses haven't. You're going to have the ability to do that. But can't emphasize enough, going back to the beginning of what we talked about for getting started for 2023, you now have a separate business financial account. Now we haven't, now the last thing that you're going to want to do, like I said, is put all these expenses into one location in Excel or QuickBooks. I, I recommend QuickBooks, but if depending on if you're just getting started, the basic version of QuickBooks is like 20 or 30 bucks a month. You may not want to incur that. If you're trying to keep your expenses super low, which I get it, then you can use Excel. And then you want to just put down in your Excel spreadsheet for the business, all the different revenue sources. Again, like all the ones we talked about, the, the Cash App, the Venmo, write down what those are. And then each time an expense comes in, you can put those expenses on the spreadsheet. If you want a free spreadsheet, I have one on my website. My website is darbyba.com. In the learning center, you'll see on the, the bottom tab is profit and loss template. So it's a free download. Again, I recommend QuickBooks, but if you're just trying to do something lean and mean and free, this spreadsheet is, is tailor-made for fitness entrepreneurs. So you're going to see a lot of the categories that you that it will prompt you to put those expenses in. Again, it's a regular spreadsheet. It's nothing too crazy. So I'd still, it is not a substitute for QuickBooks, but it's better than nothing. And it'll get you by, it'll, it'll do pretty well for you, but you'll see at some point you're going to, you're ready for QuickBooks. This will be a great starting point for you. But so once you have in your Excel spreadsheet, all your income and expenses, you're going to start to get an idea of what your your profit margin is each month, but it also is going to get you in a habit of writing down your business expenses. So that way you can grab that business account. Again, let's go back to the original scenario. Maybe you only have one personal and one business. You can now put on that business one, the number you could say, all right, I've, I'm noticing that I have about $30,000 each month of expenses on the credit card, on the debit card. So you can put in the nickname, 30,000. So that just gives you an idea that you know $30,000 is going to be debiting out of that account. So you need to leave at least that much there each month when you're doing all of your allocation of revenue. You know you need to at least keep 30,000 in that scenario. I should say 40,000 because that's what I said before so I can stay consistent. So you write down 40,000 and that's what you know needs to stay in the business that month. And I would do the exact same in your personal life. Like we talked about before, you're getting the habit of labeling those bank accounts because you're going to sit down and you're going to do all these spreadsheets and it's going to be, you're going to forget the, the, the numbers that you come up with. Cause there's going to be a few, like you're going to have your business. Now you have your personal 
and maybe you get a little more strategic and you have like an emergency fund and a tax fund. So you're going to forget some of the numbers that you said you needed in each one. So you just put that in the nickname. So it keeps it really simple where you just log into your account and see, oh, this account says 10,000 on it. That means each month I got to put $10,000 in it. And so you quickly know, oh, I actually had 15 this month. So you're like, cool. Like I put some padding in there or if you had a bad month and you put eight in, you mentally know like, hey, maybe, maybe I got to like step it up with the sales and marketing because I, I'm underfunding this account and it's an obligation account. It's not it's not like a profit account. So that's the basics. Those, th those three important things. And I'll run through them again. Then I'm going to give you some more bonus information. If you're just starting out and 2022 was, I should say just starting out. If 2022, you realize you're very disorganized and it feels overwhelming to go back and try to fix all of it going forward in 2023, open a separate bank account that's used exclusively for the business, whether that's through an LLC or sole prop exclusively for the business, make sure it has a debit or credit card associated with it. So you can link that to your, your business vendors and your business expenses. And then you want to add up what those expenses are so that you can label that account with the estimate on how much those expenses are each month. So you have a ballpark in your head, what your revenue needs to be above that number so that you can make sure that you have enough to pay your business expenses. And that's why I also recommend you at, you calculate your personal expenses because that will, that account will be labeled too. So if you get in the habit of saying like, okay, well, my personal expenses are using the example from above, my personal expenses are 10 to 15,000 a month. So we label it on the high number 15, my business expenses were 40,000. So that account is labeled with 40,000. You can quickly do the mental math and say, all right, 55,000 is my baseline. And then we didn't take into account taxes and things like that. So we know taxes are in there too, but you start to formulate where are my financial obligations each month? And then what's left over is your profit. Now, again, I recommend that book profit first because it tries to, to switch your thinking where you prioritize your profit and what you, where you allocate that profit. Now, again, what you allocate that profit into in my opinion, should be an investment. And I include and emphasize the investment in yourself and your business, your self-development, your, uh, your education, your sales skills, your marketing skills, whatever your specific, um, skill is that you have to get, uh, to learn more about that craft. Um, so that's the, the basics there to get you started for 2023. Now let's talk about some tactics for those listening that are looking to optimize a little bit more. You're at the point now where you are willing to start spending some money and or delegate. Here's something that you can, here's a few things that you can do. If you don't know where you're going to end up in 2023, maybe you had a good 2022 or maybe it ended a little slow, whatever the case may be, you might've heard the term that in an S corp will save you taxes. That is true. For most people, it's going to save you taxes, but it's a financial obligation that some people might not be willing to commit to if they talk to a tax advisor and they're on the bubble of whether or not it'll save them taxes or not. Here's a strategy for you. In an S-Corp, you can do what's called a late election, meaning you can go back in time to the beginning of the year and file for that S-Corp election. So if you have a sole proprietorship, that strategy of going back in time 
doesn't work. If you have an LLC, that strategy is available to you. So what many people would recommend is get an LLC for January 1st. Don't file for the S election yet because you don't know if it's going to save you money. Then wait and see. Once you have the revenue and the profit to justify the S corp, now you can go back in time. Now I record these in, I live in Las Vegas. So the people in Vegas and the people in California listening to this, this strategy may not be as appealing because it's expensive to build an LLC here. It's even more expensive to do it in California. So you have to think about it. It's not as cheap as some of the other states in terms of the, the state filing fees. But I highly recommend you consider that strategy because if you're going to make more than 50 or 60K of profit, it's going to start to make sense financially in terms of tax savings. Like I've had I have prior episodes on the advantages of S-Corps, but one of the main advantages is that you save on self-employment taxes, but you do incur additional costs from accounting and bookkeeping. So that leads me to my next point as you get organized into 2023. If you, if you are doing your taxes on your own and maybe that is or isn't working out for you and you want to hire a tax advisor and or an accountant, and they are separate. I've talked about that before. Tax advisors, forward-looking. That's what I do. It's forward tax planning and tax strategy. So the last couple of months for me is the, is the busy season where it's November, December. We're looking at what your tax liability will likely be, what it will likely be next year and running projections on what we can do this year, what we can do in the future to strategically pay less taxes over time. That's a tax advisor. Not all accountants do that. Some do, but most don't. But I'm not saying you need both. Well, sorry, I do think everyone needs both, but you may not be in a position where you can afford both and that's fine. And quite frankly, the lower money you make, the strategies are the same, but the percentage that you save changes. So that's why I have some clients where, you know, I can give them the same exact strategy that someone making a hundred thousand and give that exact same strategy to someone making 500,000 and the person making 500,000, they might save like two or three times what they paid me. Whereas a person who is only making a hundred thousand because of the way the tax bracket works, they might save half of what I charge them. So it may not be as feasible for some people, but if you, so if you're not looking to hire a tax advisor, I get that. Maybe you hold off on that, but I highly recommend you have an accountant because you want to make sure you're filing things properly and on time, but I encourage you, if you're looking for someone to help you with your taxes, do not go searching. If you, especially if you want to like spend time talking to them, interviewing them, getting to know their strategies and their personality and things like that, I highly recommend all of that but do not wait till March or April and then start trying to grab these guys and girls and interview them because they're swamped and they're not going to give you the time of day. Um, so you want to be able, if you, if you're interested in having someone who's really on your team that you have a really good, comfortable relationship with that you trust, start talking to them. Now it's a lot slower for them over the next, like obviously outside of the holidays as I'm recording this, but January, early February, like they're not as busy. That's when you can really start having these conversations with them. Don't wait till they're busy season and want them to jump you to the front of the line. That's just, I don't know, professional courtesy that, but it's really from your perspective because even some of the best people that you want to work with, they probably won't have the time to really explain their value to you when they're in the thick of their busy season, trying to 
service their existing clients. Um, so really good people might get rub you the wrong way because you came to them at the wrong time. So that's just for your own helpfulness. Um, and if you do want to go at the last minute with somebody, recommend to say, look, I, I know I need to file an extension. Please file my extension and I want to work with you and that let them pick, you know, May, June, July, whatever the case may be. But a lot of times accountants will be a little more friendly with that approach because like, okay, they know I'm going to file, they need to file an extension. That's a lot less time consuming for me. And then we can talk about how, all the ways that I work with them. So that's from the accounting side, from the bookkeeping side, this entire podcast is about how you didn't need a bookkeeper for the most part, because you're doing it all yourself. Now, I highly recommend bookkeepers because like we talked about it about 10 or 15 minutes ago, if you want to optimize and you want to make strategic decisions as a CEO, or if you're working with a fractional CFO that's doing your tax advising, like my firm does, you need to have books that are accurate and precise so that you can make strategic decisions. Now, when you're in an S corp, you want bookkeeping even more because there's some differences on how you file things as an S corp rather than a non S corp. I'll just call it rather than um, give it a better name. But that's all one of the other reasons that you wait to be an S corp when you're making over a certain amount of profit. Like you want to add in what the bookkeeping costs are as well. So I hope this is helpful. Again, the general the general theme of that I wanted to emphasize is that 2022 is just about over. And I talk to a lot of people that are very overwhelmed with their numbers because everything is commingled. And there's no good system for commingling. Like it, it is overwhelming and it is stressful and it is confusing. And in theory, nobody's running the numbers on like what what amount of money needs to stay in the business? What amount of money needs to be allocated for the IRS? What amount of money needs to be allocated for your personal life? Like how much can I pay myself? These are questions I get. And the answer is I need to figure it out. And the, the first step that you can do for yourself for free at your existing bank, is just open up a separate account, completely delineate the business expenses from your personal expenses. And then once you have those two worlds separated, then you can optimize each one and say, okay, what are my personal expenses? And get a little bit more sophisticated with that. What are my business expenses? Now, what? then you can get a little more creative with inside of the business. If your business is your sole revenue source, that's what we talked about before. Your personal expenses are an obligation of your business, essentially, since you're living off of it. And those are the things that you need to know. But the first step is really to commingle those. So that way, when you're about to pay for a meal and you know you're sitting there with colleagues, you know your debit card you grab is the one linked to your business. You're out to dinner or sorry, you're grocery shopping and you know it's personal. You grab your credit or debit card that's linked to your personal. Like those simple things, if you start doing it now and or January 1st, you're going to have a much easier transition so you're not stressed out in 2023 or when you're ready to hire somebody there's significantly less upfront work for them because you've already separated the biggest expense out of your per of your business, which is all your personal um, transactions. Those have all been removed. So I hope this is helpful. I say this all the time, like, like I try to be active on social media, uh, specifically Instagram. I don't have a huge following as of this recording. Maybe, maybe that changes soon. That'd be awesome. But 
at the moment, it's pretty easy for me to see. So like DM me or you can uh, reach out, whatever the case it may be for you. Um, happy to help you. Like I, I love this nerdy stuff so I can talk about it all day, but reach out if you have questions. Like I, I really do like helping out people, especially with this part of it, because I think this is the part that people get the most hung up on because it feels so overwhelming. And once this is organized for you, a lot of times you can run these systems on your own a lot longer as you continue to grow and grow and save you a lot of money because you have the basic infrastructure down then you can use that system to grow and then make more strategic decisions on who you need to hire, whether that's a financial person or a salesperson or a marketing person. Um, but the basic organization is, is a lot less complicated than it feels like. And I hope in this podcast that it made it simple. Like I've talked about this so many times that I hope I'm saying it in a way that really resonates and breaks it down for people. Um, but if you have questions, DM me at the Pat Darby. And everyone, you have, well, as I'm recording this, everyone have a happy or Merry Christmas, happy holidays, anything that you're traveling or doing something fun. Well, if you're, well, if you're traveling, hopefully you're trying to make it a business expense, you know, find some business obligations while you're over there. And uh, everyone, I'll see you next week. Have a great holiday. Thank you for joining us this week on Build Your Wealth Muscle. The links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes. For video clips and more information on tax and retirement strategies for fitness entrepreneurs, please follow my Instagram at the Pat Darby. If you found value in this episode, please do us a favor and share with a friend. If you tag me, that'd be appreciated also. Lastly, for help implementing any of the topics discussed, please book a call. The link is also in the show notes. Thank you again for listening and have a great day.